going on, guys? It's your host, your boy, George McKay, and the one and only Uncle Bobby B, baby. And we got someone pretty cool on MLW Rewind today. Now, right now, Rewind is on hiatus because MLW is on hiatus, but the new season of Fusion is approaching fast and furious. And we have none other than one half of the play-by-play duo, Joe Dombrowski, Rob Barancini. But we have Joe Dombrowski here coming to MLW Rewind. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, I hope I'm cool. I, I hope I don't make a liar out of you with that introduction. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for having me. And uh, nothing I like better than to sit down and talk about uh, pro wrestling and MLW. So we'll have some fun here today. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of our first questions is what's your thoughts on Alicia's move from the backstage correspondent to now the on-air personality and more importantly, the shift in her attitude to kind of match uh, her partner in the cloud couple, Richard Holiday? Uh, it's a bold move. Um, obviously, it takes an entirely different skill set and an entirely different state of mind to go from being an interviewer, an announcer, a commentator, anything like that, to you know putting yourself out there in front of the world in a completely different way and, and, and being that antagonist being that villainess um it's not something i ever saw in alicia it's not something i ever really expected out of her uh, i think we were all really shocked by it um but you know they say absolute power corrupts absolutely and when you've got the uh mind and the money and the clout of richard holiday he can be very persuasive and some have even said that it was Alicia helping bring the worst out of Richard Holiday, not the other way around. Uh, we all know uh, how persuasive the female species can be as well. So I think uh, I think the Holiday Alicia connection continued to just spurn and spawn the worst out of each other. And uh, you know, as MLW moves on here, and we talked about a new season coming up, and everybody looking to step up and, and, and make themselves known. I think uh, things are only going to get more diabolical from here for uh, Richard Holiday and Miss Alicia. Diabolical. I like that. That's like a good that. word. That's a good word. You're that up, is, sir. That is very well put. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, since we were kind of talking, you just talked about the, we got this new season uh, coming up. I'm going out of order with our questions. That's George. fine. That's fine. Uh, any, do you think there's going to be any any surprises in this new season of Fusion? How excited are you to get to get back behind the mic for MLW again uh, with this upcoming season? And I, I just saw, you know, we got Hammerstone and Bandito announced for Atlanta. That should be fantastic. I mean, there's always surprises. I think that's one of the great things about MLW is that um, you can see uh, the luchadors from Mexico. You can see stars from Japan. You can see, um, you know, talent come in. Uh, between contracts, we can see the, uh, uh, you know, the off-talked-about forbidden door get walked through. Um, there really aren't a lot of, of limits in, in this day and age in pro wrestling as a whole. Uh, and you look at some of the recent things we've seen from, you know, AEW and New Japan, when you look at the entire card of, of Ric Flair's last match that I was privileged to be a part of, um, you know, a little over a week ago. Um Really, there isn't much that's off the table these days. And um, if, if the tapings that we had last month in New York or any indication, there's there's going to be a lot of surprises. There's going to be a lot of moments that maybe you never thought you would see in MLW. Um, 
it's an interesting time. It's a time of a lot of big announcements I think are going to be coming. You know, we, we've talked about uh, MLW action figures now being on the way. MLW on HotTopic.com. I mean, that, that's only, I think, uh, a tip of the iceberg as far as some of the big deals and the big moves that MLW officials are looking to make. And I think this next television season is going to be a, a big part of it. It's going to be the centerpiece of it. Um, I know there's a lot of things in the works now, some of which, uh, most of which I'm, I'm not even privy to. But whatever that's made official and made public, I think it's going to be um, a time to rejoice if you're an MLW fan. And I'm just waiting to go along for that ride as it all unfolds. Um, but yeah, I, I think anybody who's watched MLW, whether you've jumped on just in the past year or you've been a longtime fan, um, the next television season is only going to be a bigger and better continuation of what you've grown to love about MLW so far. Well, we're, we've been all in for a long time. We've been big fans from when they were out there first, then they took a step back, and then they came back again the second time around. And it's been everything's improved from the production value to adding, you know, your voice to the fold on a full time basis. I got to tell you, Joe, there's been some times where you've said stuff on on when we've been watching the fusions, and we said it like five seconds before you, and I'm like, see, Joe's on the same wavelength we are. Joe gets it. Joe understands. <laughs> I'm not sure which one of us should be more concerned about that. That we're on the same wavelength. That could be alarming for a myriad of reasons. But uh, hey, if I if I can be the voice and the opinion of the people, um, then then I've done my job. You know, I, I think it's you know I'm there to take the viewer into the roller coaster part of the ride and make sure they understand how we've got here and where we're going. So. Um, if we're on the same wavelength, I take that as a compliment. Thank you for that. Well, absolutely, sir. It's a, it's a compliment, to, like I said, to have you on the show and joining us. Now, you did mention Ric Flair's last match, and I do have a question about that. We are very good friends with Josh Alexander. We've seen him a bunch over here in Canada. He represents the North to the fullest. Uh, you got to be part of Ric Flair's last match. More importantly, that match between Josh and Jacob, where we really got to see these two powerhouses finally tangle. And it was long overdue in my honest opinion could you see more uh stars from impact maybe coming over and possibly getting into uh more matches with mlw roster members and if there's anyone you'd like to see tangle from impact and mlw well i mean honestly i think um the two best examples of that already um you know, that seed being planted is that Josh Alexander, uh, Jacob fought two match you talked about. And also the fact that uh, Davey Richards had made an appearance at uh, Slammiversary for Impact Wrestling. So, um, again, I don't think anything is off the table. I think uh, that kind of relationship would bode well for Impact Wrestling. It would bode well for MLW. Um, I know, you know, I'm such a fan of so many guys over there. I had a chance to to hang out with Scott Demore at Ric Flair's last match and Tom Hannafin and, and, and so many guys I have known Josh for years dating back to, you know, uh, a couple of uh, cups of coffee we both have had in ring of honor. And of course I've seen him work for IWC here in Pittsburgh for so long. Um, the impact roster is so stacked and it's got so much hungry young talent. Um, I've been a fan of Ace Austin for many, many years. Um, I think I met him when he was only having his second or third match and he was a ride along 
with current MLW star Lance Anawahi, because they both have, have roots in the uh, Samoan training system. Um, Austin's doing amazing work in New Japan Pro Wrestling, in Impact, in AAW in Chicago. I would love to see him there. I know he had you know, popped in from a time or two in the past. I'm a huge fan of Trey Miguel. Yes. Um, also, I, I'm wearing a Rascal shirt as we speak. Uh, I would love perfect. to see Trey. I know they're doing it on the indies now. Trey and Myron are, and Zach are, are, are teaming again. So I certainly would love. And by the way, Trey uh, has nothing but the best things to say about you. I've heard him say it before. Uh, he says, like, you were an absolute gem of a person to have in the business. So that just goes to show uh, what an impact you've had, pardon the pun, on some people. I, I appreciate that. I, I think the world of Trey, we've had an opportunity to work together a lot. He did a lot of events for one of my promotions in Cleveland. And uh, Trey just has such a, a giant heart and such an immense passion for this. And just watching how much he gives of himself in the ring and how much he gives of himself at his training school. Um, you know, uh, that whole kind of Ohio crew of, of, of Trey and, uh, you know, of course, Dez down in NXT now and Zachary Wentz, I reconnected with, uh, now that he's back on the scene and Myron, I've, uh, you know, been a fan of, I think I connected with Myron when he was about nine months in the business and then just the leaps and ground leaps and bounds he has grown literally um, Sa- yeah. yeah sammy callahan who's a dirty disgusting son of a bitch and he's a despicable human being but part of me will always have a love for him um because he is just such an unorthodox untamed beast of a competitor i've known sammy since he was uh, a, a year or two into the sport and i actually got a, a a text from him on the night of Ric Flair's last match. And then my response was, I know I'm doing something big. If Sammy Callahan's actually finally texting me <laughs> for the first time in however many years. Um, you, yeah. But yeah, I'm a fan of all those guys. I, I would love to see them on as many platforms as possible that I work with. And I think they would all fit in really, really perfectly with the same type of, not just athleticism, but really just the overall spirit and the hunger that the MLW locker room has as well. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Uh, so another uh, point we're talking about, Killer Cross or Karrion Cross, whatever you want to call him now, he's returned to WWE. We know he had some dates already kind of lined up with MLW. Uh, we know he was at Battle Riot. We haven't seen that yet because it'll be upcoming shortly in the new season. But we know that WWE is allowing him to keep some of his dates or any of those dates MLW related. Will we see him a couple more times in this new season? A fusion? Or was that or stuff is, that or was, was that just filmed? the stuff that was already filmed? Or you can't Uh-oh. disclose. If you can't, we understand though. Yes, of course. Great question. That one's above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> I, I I will say that in the few times I've had a chance to work with Killer Cross in MLW and elsewhere, um, I have loved just the meticulous nature of how Killer Cross thinks. I love that everything he does is a calculated chess move. And um, me being the storyteller and me being the narrator, it has been fascinating to take a cautious step inside of the mind of Killer Cross and Miss Scarlet and, and figure out what makes them tick. Um, I know Killer Cross is going to be a major success anywhere he ends up. And uh, if he versus Harry Smith was his 
Um, final matchup kind of here in the, uh, the open terrain of the, of the industry, then uh, I'm, I'm really proud that I was part of it. Um, but, you know, when you're kicking the crap out of Roman Reigns, that fills up your schedule pretty quickly. So uh, I, I don't know. I know I know Killer was at uh, the Icons convention I was at in Philly. I had a chance to wish him well and uh, talk to him a little bit about uh, just the whirlwind of a week that we both had. Um, as far as what the future holds, I guess that uh, uh, Killer Cross himself and uh, uh, Hunter up in Stanford are probably the only two that know that for sure right now. There you go. I like that. That's a that's a good answer. That's very, a great, very great tactful answer. and, and very tactful. One hundred percent. You want to talk about the featherweight division? We should get into that, right? Oh yeah, because you know we we love that MLW has brought through a featherweight division because we felt it was always something that was kind of lacking, lacking. right? Uh, and then we've seen them slowly kind of we 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 get some featherweight matches and there's a little bit of a lull. Um, so we're kind of see, are we going to get some increased time for the featherweights do you think in the in the uh in the future and would that even maybe because we, we've always said like we like that mlw is a nice hour it's very condensed and it's an easy watch and you guys fit a lot into an hour but we said you know with the featherweights now maybe an hour and a half might be warranted yeah well what would be your thoughts on increasing uh possibly fusion to that 90 minute mark to give a little bit more spotlight to that division well, I, I think the featherweights in general, it has been a process. And with any process, you have growing pains. Uh, I know a lot of it, most often than not, comes down to just scheduling and geography. And uh, it's been uh, difficult, I think, not just in women's divisions, but overall to do a lot of long-term planning with the, I don't know if I want to say volatility, but maybe the unpredictability of the way the free agent market has been working over the past year or two. Um, you know, as an example, we had a, a, a great MLW debut at the start of this year uh, from a young athlete named Roxy, and she wound up uh, under contract in an NXT just a few weeks after that. And that, you know, again, I wish her well, and that's you know uh, just the nature of the beast. But as we have seen, uh, Taya Valkyrie stand up we've seen holiday establish herself um you know i, I think those are going to be your two cornerstones that this division is going to be built around and you know uh, the likes of Bl Brittany blake and zoe sky who i think are very underrated and, and deserve that opportunity um as far as the uh show runtime i mean i, I think that's a decision that uh, will come down to uh, the league itself and, and any of the uh, broadcasting partners. I'm always a fan of leaving fans wanting more. I think that you can have a 60-minute broadcast and give attention to the featherweights and the middleweights and the openweights and the heavyweights. I think there's enough of the pieces of the pie to go around for everybody. Uh, but I think it's going to be a process of figuring out uh, the right chess pieces to go in the right positions and to be able to have talent that um, it's great to have talent that come in and out. And certainly we've done it a lot with the luchadors and, and some of the legends and things of that nature, but to, to have that core uh, featherweight uh, uh, division that you can build and structure around. I think we're starting to see that. And in the new season, I think it's going to be amplified even more. Excellent. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so hyped for the new season, man. It's going to be like a kid at Christmas when as soon as that new fusion drops, man, it's going to be like a kid at Christmas. I got to ask you this. Breakout star of last season, in my opinion, would be Alex Kane. Alex Kane just really took it to the next level and really capitalized 
on what he could build by introducing Boumaye. Now Myron rejoining Boumaye. Boumaye is set to be a powerhouse, and you can't forget about the powerhouse in that in that trio being Mr. Thomas. But who is the money man, Joe? You have any thoughts on who's fronting the cash for Boumaye behind these three gentlemen? I know it's not me. Um, <laughs> no one's consulted me in any of the Boumaye meetings. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wish I knew. Um, I, as much as I'd love to go up to Mr. Thomas and intimidate him a little bit and get some truth out of him, uh, I don't think it's happening. Um, but obviously, whoever it is, is a power player. Whoever it is knows what they want, and they have a brand that is very successful now, as, as you mentioned, um, two championships associated with it. So, um, again, that's a wait-and-see type of thing, because I don't think we're going to know until the money individual, if it even is a man, who knows? Oh. Um, I don't think we're going to know till that entity wants themselves to be known. And would you agree with, with George's assessment there that Alex Kane was probably the breakout star last year for MLW? I think so. I th- Alex Kane is somebody that was not on my radar at all before I joined MLW. But um, my first uh, time being there live live was when he won the um, Openweight Championship at the Thanksgiving episode in that ladder match, choking out Alex Shelley, one of the the greatest athletes I've, I've had the privilege of working with in my career. Um, if that's not a big statement, I don't know what is. Uh, Kane, he's got, uh, as, as a wise man once said, he's got the size, the look, the rap, I smell money. I think Alex Kane, he's still very, very young in the game, and there's nothing but upside from here. Pretty much our exact assessment. We, we've we got him coming on uh, the show a couple weeks, actually. Couple He's weeks, coming back on for the second time. So, yeah, Alex is a good friend of the show, and uh, he always gives us uh, – Gives us the best. I mean, his interviews are – we end up dying of laughter by the time thing is done. And, he's, and so, he's so underratedly funny that he's actually breakout hilarious in my honest opinion. Yeah, and he just keeps getting better. Like just over the year, we've seen him grow like in ability and confidence. I think at Mike first – Skill. Mike yeah, Skill. at first yeah. being, being kind of the badass heel, I think he wasn't entirely – maybe not – I want to say comfortable with it, but he was growing into it. And now he's he's got it. Like he's got that – he doesn't look like he's on the verge of cracking a smile. He looks like he's on the verge of cracking your lips. Cracking your head wide open. Yeah, well, I mean, the thing to keep in mind is that, and, and it's something that's so, I think, overlooked in this day and age because everything is so instantaneous and everything is, you know, content is everywhere. But it takes a great talent, oftentimes years, to grow into themselves and get comfortable and really find that, Find that flow and find that vibe that, that really, you know, connects with the audience and, and is, is able to give them the comfort zone to, you know, be that amplified version of themselves. And for Kane to make so many strides so quickly just proves what a special talent he is and how ahead of the game he is that he's putting these pieces together um, in a very high pressure environment. Because, you know, anytime you're on a grand stage with a lot of eyes on you, um, no matter what those initials of that company are, MLW included, the pressure's on. Because if you screw up or if you fall on your face, there's a lot of people watching. And it's a lot harder to come back from that rather than if you do it in front of 25 people in Paducah, Kentucky. So Alex Kane, to, to rise to that occasion, speaks to that uh, marquee attraction that we're seeing 
um, created in front of our very eyes here in MLW. And we love that. We George calls Court the mad, the mad genius. Mad genius of pro wrestling. That that guy builds storylines like they were when we were kids. Slow builds, processes over time, and then he just hits you with these little firecrackers. Then there's this monstrosity of an explosion. And you sit back, like you said, and we want more, man. We want more. And nobody tells, I've said it before, and I'll say it again to you, nobody tells stories in this day and age the way MLW does. And that's that's a, a kudos and a tip of the hat to you guys and how well you put the product together. Well, I, I thank you for saying that. And I, I would add to that and say the thing that drew me most to MLW before I even started working there is that it's really the best of um, so many different genres and eras of wrestling where it's not overproduced. It's not cartoonish. It, it, it's got the television glitz and, and, and the polish to it, but it still has that grit and that edge and that danger to it. Um, and, and you've got a very story oriented program, but it's not story at the expense of the action, at the expense of the wrestling. It really is to me uh, as close to a perfect balance as you can find in today's wrestling landscape of all the different elements of wrestling that, that certainly turned me on when I was younger as a fan. And, and I'm thankful to, to see and hear that it's still turning on, you know, so many fans today. Absolutely. Well, I couldn't have said it better myself. So in, in speaking of, you also mentioned the, the free agent landscape that we're in. It's been a really crazy period over the last, I want to say 18 months of just free agents coming out of the wind work agents going up, some agents coming back to the scene, um, uh, schedules opening up. And while the last couple of weeks, especially, uh, especially the last couple of weeks, it's just been a whirlwind. But in terms of the mad genius that is Court Bauer, is there anyone, I mean, again, not to ask an over the abundant question above your pay grade, but is there anyone you yourself have your eye on that you think Court may also have his eye on? Um, I can't speak for Court because, uh, you know, you have to be incredibly intelligent and incredibly insane to sit in the chair that he sits in. And uh, I've... Uh, both have described me in the past, but I'm, I'm, I'm in what I call Booker's detox right now where none of that's my responsibility. And I'm very happy for that. Um, but, uh, man, I mean, we talked about Zachary Wentz. He's, he's a free agent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are, uh, I mean, there's just an abundance. You look at, um, Here's one I've worked with extensively. I've known for 15 years, uh, Shane Taylor. I would love to see Shane yes. Taylor in MLW. Um, now, what is Shane's path? What's Shane's vision? What's Court's vision? Um, do those visions cross-sect? I have no idea. But if I'm going to do some fantasy booking, um, I think maybe Zach and Shane would be the first two calls I would make. But uh, – Knowing Court, he's got something planned that is probably even beyond my plane of thought right now. So time will tell. Well, I couldn't agree with you more <laughs> on both those. But you like maybe maybe for some some of the listeners who don't know, like you're not just a commentator. You really are kind of like MLW, where you're, you're a little bit of everything. You've done you did the Brian Pillman DVD. You've done backstage production. You've done uh, obviously commentary. You've booked. Yep. You've promoted. Like you, you've done a little bit of everything. So you're. 
And you're not an old guy either. You got a lot of experience for your, for your time in the business. Yeah, you don't have the hairlines we have. Yeah, no, yep. you're still. <laughs> I I I don't think I've even hit my prime yet, honestly, because uh, sure. there's this there, there's so much more to do. That's but the yeah, Myron Reed mentality. Hmm. Well, God, Myron's not going to hit his prime for another ten years, for God's sakes. He is. He, he's excelling at uh, at twenty five, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm very thankful I've had a chance to do as much as I've done and not just play by play, but rig announcing and production and uh, executive producing and booking and all of that stuff um, from working with a young 19 year old kid in Cleveland named Johnny Gargano, who grew up to do one or two cool things here and there um, to, you know, a rookie Wardlow, a rookie Lee Moriarty, um, all the stuff I did with Atticus and Otis Coger in, in, in the past few years in my most recent booking venture. Um, and then, as you mentioned, the, the, the production as far as Brian Pillman Memorial Show Anthology and the Montreal Theory and the Legend of Virgil and Zach Gowan's life story and the Heartland Film Library. You know, I've always looked at wrestling as you have to make it work for you. And, and the more job titles you can hold the more value you have and the more tools are in your tool belt the better house you can build so i was always looking for opportunities to spread my wings and do other things and not necessarily be at the beck and call of whenever the big promotions decided i was ready or decided i could do this or that but i can do my own projects. I can make my own uh, full length presentations. I can run my own events. I can experiment doing a whole bunch of different things. Um, and not all of them have been successful, but the majority of them have gotten a great, great response from the general public. And if anybody doesn't know, I have a uh, 500 plus hour VOD film library available for rent, purchase or subscription at prowrestlinglibrary.com. I have tons of DVDs for sale, most of them my own creations at joe-dombrowski.com. So uh, if you guys only know me from MLW, um, please feel free to check out some of my other works, which covers documentaries, compilations, in-ring action, human interest stories, archival footage, basically anything you could be into. I think there's something I've done or, or, or you know had a part in that'll hopefully uh, tickle your fancy. So please check it out and look around if you have the time. Awesome. Yeah. And please get plugs in whenever you can. Absolutely. But going back to the Brian Pillman uh, DVD, that's one, the doc that we we both loved. We enjoyed that one so much. We thought you told the story in such a great way where it highlighted the ups, the downs, the eventual downfall and, and all the things that kind of are wrapped up in the, I guess you wanted to say the mythology that is Brian Pillman. But was there something that when you were doing that project that you learned that you didn't know about Pillman? Um, Pillman is an enigma, man. It's like there's there's so much to him that um, the more you hear, the more the, the legend grows. Um, I, I was surprised to hear... Um, some of the stories from Matt Hardy, as far as how much Pillman kind of carried the, 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 the crazy character with him, even backstage, even up in, into, you know, 1996 and seven, when he was in the WWF, um, you know, I, I think what, what jumps out most to me that I, I wasn't aware of 
um, is a story that Les Thatcher tells about um, Brian signing an eight by 10 photo. And, and I had a chance to actually hold the photo and, and see the photo firsthand, but Brian goes to sign the picture and the Sharpie runs out. And Brian tells um, the gentleman who he was, you know, signing on behalf of Les for, uh, I'll, I'll sign the restaurant when I get back from uh, the road this weekend. And that was the weekend that he died. Um, so Les still has the eight by 10 photo that says two less and the rest of the signature is not on it. Wow. Um, that, that really hit me very heavily as far as, um, you know, uh, a moment that, that you don't think about, you don't really know of, but man, to, to, to just realize how fleeting life can be and how quickly, you know, things can change drastically. Um, I think the other thing that, that, that really Brian gets credited for in, in the documentary and in the set that not as really lost to time, but I think is overshadowed by his um, loose cannon persona is just what an innovator he was for cruiserweights and junior heavyweights. Huge. And just the, the reverence that people would talk about uh, his work in Stampede or his work in the WCW light heavyweight division back in the day. You know, even guys like like Christian and Chris Jericho, who we had talked to for that, uh, talking about how they idolized guys like Brian Pillman um, for that style and for how unique he was at the time, late 1980s, early 1990s, doing things that at that point were unheard of on national television. Um, so, so Brian is somebody and, and Chris, you know, uh, another thing that, that I, I never stopped to connect the dots is that Chris Jericho had said that. Jericho's, um, you know, pattern of constantly reinventing himself every few years, he got from Brian. That was advice given him from Brian. You have to always reinvent yourself and always come out with something fresh and new. And it makes total sense now um, when you think about it. But um, just the influence Brian had on Chris, even though they had only really passed uh, like two ships in the night for maybe like a weekend or two in ECW, really speaks a lot about Brian's influence on, on other wrestlers. So um, it's easy to see, Oh, this guy's acting crazy and this guy's doing this or that. But, but the influences that Brian has had on, on other people we see all the time that are maybe a little more subtle to the eye, but so much more profound in the, in the long term of the story. Um, I think those moments deserve to be Brian's legacy as much as the things that we do talk about. Very well put. Absolutely. A, a, a true, a true legend and a true pioneer in a lot of ways himself. Back to MLW. We talked about the breakout star, uh, but I got to get, I got to pick your brain because there are so many highlighted moments that we loved from last season. But does Joe Dombrowski have a favorite fusion moment from last season? Something that you were like, man, this, uh, this is crazy. Man. Um, we know there was so much out. stuff. Like, a lot jump out at me. I mean, um, you could talk about the reign of Hammerstone and what he has done. I, I loved watching Hammerstone and Davey Richards' super fight. I've loved watching the Hammerstone-Richard Holiday saga play out. Um, I've mentioned him. I'm a big fan of Myron Reed. Watching him make history by recapturing the middleweight title was a huge deal. Um I'll, I'll give you a, you know, a dark horse moment too. Uh, watching Casey Navarro stand up to real one. 
mm-hmm. and have kind of that kind of that Sean Waltman Scott Hall moment of that uh, the, the upset win. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that meant a ton for the career of Casey Navarro. Um, I think fifty one fifty has had some incredible moments uh, on both sides of the coin, as far as just. Uh, uh, captivating and entertaining and just, just man, when Danny Limelight gets a microphone, um, uh, we, we've been saying it on the show for months. I, I've personally been saying it. I think they've been probably just the hottest tag team in wrestling. Maybe they're not getting the same amount of exposure that everyone else is, but you look at their in-ring work, their might work slice and Danny, especially Danny on the mic, the, the year they've had, they've been fantastic every time they've been on TV. Every time I've seen them, it's must see delivered. TV. Yeah, it's must see TV, hundred percent. Yeah, and and you know, I, a lot of people talk about oh, you know, getting into character or an on and off switch, whatever. Danny Lima Rivera doesn't have any of those things. He just <laughs> he flows. He's he's a natural. Um, so so watching him um, do his thing and just be. Um, the biggest antagonist and the biggest mouth in the room has been something. If I had to narrow it down to one moment and, and, and this is kind of a cop out answer because it, it, it hasn't aired yet and it's not really a moment moment, but being a part of my first battle riot was, was such a super cool moment. Um, just because I grew up watching rumble style matches and they were always my favorite matches. And I had done them on an independent level with 10 people or 20 people, but certainly never with 40 people. So that was not just fun for me, but it was a challenge because you're watching the clock. You're watching the list of, all right, who's, who's been in so far, who's been thrown out. It's, um, you know, it's like the most fun math problem you'll ever do in your life. But, um, I, I think, um, just the coolest thing about MLW is being able to, contribute on a high level and be able to feed off of the energy and passion of the locker room. And everybody wants to outdo each other in the best way possible. Everybody wants to be noticed. Everybody wants to uh, be the talk of social media and the talk of the wrestling world. And to be around guys and girls like that is very, very infectious, you know? Um, Hell, I haven't mentioned Microman yet. How do you go this far and not mention Microman? We love I Microman. Mean, love him. There's so many cool things. I need to ride on the Micromobile at some point. That needs to be a goal of mine. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and, and, and just watching Jacob Fatu's athleticism, everything he's been able to do. I mean, it's just so many things up and down the line. Uh, meeting the Von Eric kids and, and just seeing how um, – polite and gentlemanly and class acts they are, you know, just like their dad and, you know, just like their uncles were from everything I've heard uh, as far as just how they carry themselves and how they treat their fans and how they, you know, treat the business. Um, but yeah, just, just being a part of the whole machine is, is so great because I've, I'd wanted on such for such a long time to be able to contribute consistently at a high level in a major broadcast production and I've had some timing issues and some hits and misses there all along the way. But uh, MLW is what I've wanted for a long time. And I, I'm just I'm honored to be a part of it. We're happy you're a part of it, too, because, uh, you know, you do a great job. Like I said, I hear nothing but good things about you. And this this is a business where a lot of people say bad things about people. I don't hear bad things about Joe Dombrowski from anybody, especially in Ohio. 
Yeah, Ohio. Well, Let's talk about Ohio for a second. Why do you think Ohio has such an immense amount of talent? Like they they breed wrestlers over there like it's second nature. What's is the water in Ohio different from everywhere else, Joe? Like what's going on? I don't think there's anything else interesting to do in Ohio rather than go to wrestling school. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's funny. I'll I'll go up to people. Um, I, this still happens with Greg the Hammer Valentine. I, I I will see him and he will look at me and he'll say Cleveland. And uh, a lot of people ask me, "Oh, hey, you still in Ohio?" I'm like, "Never, never been based in Ohio. I've never lived there a day in my life." But I've done so much work there. I produced television there for six years and ran another six years of, of strictly live events there and I pay per views to where I am more synonymous with Cleveland, Ohio than I am with my my hometown of Pittsburgh, PA, which is not a bad thing. But again, when you think about, you know, Johnny Gargano and Wardlow and EC3 and Atticus Coger and uh the rascals and all these guys that have come from the ohio area um that i've been fortunate enough to work with uh at various times madison rain i mean i I could go on and on um i don't know it just speaks to the fact that it's a healthy uh region and i think what helps ohio and, and and pittsburgh as well is that they're within driving distance of almost anywhere so these guys can work Chicago, they can work Philly, they can work the Carolinas, they can work New York, they can work Michigan, they can work Toronto and get more seasoning and get more opportunities under their belt. And, and really geographically, that helps a lot as opposed to if you are basing your career in Montana and your options are limited. So uh, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. That's a great point. I didn't even consider yeah, like, even the geography. Consider about the geography. Yeah, for That's sure. A great point. Uh, one other, a couple more questions. I think we're going to let you go enjoy the, the evening. Now, we talked about Alex Kane being the breakout star from last season. But is there anyone you may have your eye on for this season? Like somebody that we should, as MLW fans, I mean, we we have our own picks for sure. But is there anybody that you think is ready for that breakout season like Alex Kane had last season? Uh, I, I said his name a few minutes ago, but I, he's the first one that jumped into my mind, Casey Navarro. Because uh, Casey has so much personality crammed into his uh, otherwise somewhat diminutive frame. He is not the biggest guy, but he is in a lot of ways the boldest and the most confident and uh, very, very sure of himself. You know, Casey... Honestly, Casey was a guy who I had my eye on for a while, even before we, we crossed paths in MLW when I was running my own events. And every time I kind of checked in to see what Casey's up to and wh- what kind of his, his career standing is at, um, he had grown leaps and bounds from the last time I checked in on him as far as just where he's working, who he's working with, what the market value was for him. Casey has, has always been ahead of the curve in that regard. And I think anybody that may sell him short based on his size or based on anything else um, is, is in for a reality check as far as what he's capable of, because I have seen him be the most beloved underdog and I have seen him be the loudest bleep stirrer that you could find anywhere in pro wrestling and he excels at both. So I look for something big from Casey Navarro one way or the other. Good answer. I like that answer. It's a solid answer. And I think our final question is Cesar Durant. He's been all over the place in terms of 
uh, whatever master plan he's planning. And a lot of time, I don't even think Cesar Durant knows what his master plan is. Uh, do you feel nervous sometimes walking into the arena, not knowing what to expect from the unexpected one that is Cesar Durant? I think, uh, I mean, aren't all of our bosses intimidating in some form or fashion, right? I mean, uh, I'm lucky enough where I'm kind of out of the crossfire. And I really haven't gotten any, uh, you know, um, crosswords or awkward uh, office meetings about anything I've said or done. Um, because I, I know when and where to play my cards, you know, if, uh, Caesar's got some controversy, then all right, we can discuss it a little bit, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna push and get into where the bodies are buried. Uh, because that guy has a rap sheet, I'm sure a mile long. But uh, as long as maybe the, the Micromans of the world, the Hammerstones of the world, the Fatus of the world are out there, I'm small potatoes. And I think I could slip in under that radar. But uh, Cesar's a shrewd individual, and he usually gets what he wants. So uh, we know what he wants more than anything now is, is, is to control the world champion, and Hammerstone's not going to let that happen. So stay tuned is all I can say. I love it. I love it. Stay tuned. That's the, that's the best way, I think, to cap this conversation off. And that's what it was. It was one hell of a conversation. Joe, it was an absolute honor and privilege to have you on Rewind today. Uh, the door's always open. Please feel free to come back anytime you have some free time so we can wrap up MLW. And for anyone who is not following the journey that is Joe Dombrowski, other than the stuff you've already plugged, you want to plug some socials or even some upcoming projects where you can keep an eye on one half of the my favorite commentary team in wrestling. And that's not kissing your butt. That's just being factual. I appreciate that very much. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joe underscore Dombrowski. You can follow me on Instagram at Joseph underscore Dombrowski. Um, and as far as upcoming projects, there's always always some cool things in the works. You can catch me, uh, of course, MLW TV, Triple uh, A Lucha Libre pay-per-view, AAW in Chicago, Warrior Wrestling in Chicago, IWC in Pittsburgh, and uh, I will be flying to Salt Lake City later this month on a top secret mission because I'm uncovering some previously lost footage and helping get it out in the market that has been uh, 27 years in the making. But uh, legally, I can't talk about that yet. So Excellent. look at my socials come October or so, and we'll be dropping some cool news. And, and don't forget to check out Joe's uh, video on demand service as well. Uh, a lot of great stuff is up there. We're going to be checking that out as soon as we disconnect with you. ProWrestlingLibrary.com, Joe-Dombrowski.com, digital and DVD. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Enjoy the rest of your night. All right, guys, that's it for this Rewind. Caps it off as we get ready for the next Fusion season. want to thank our guest, Joe Dombrowski, for coming on the show today. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>